Welcome, Abba, and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Kailal Agadapirka Monday afternoon national share. We have an amazing topic today. Bezos Hashem, shortly after Shavas Abatamos, I have the privilege to lead a trip to Western Europe, to Spain, and to Portugal. Shabbos, we're going to be in Amsterdam. And I want to speak about the topic of going to Spain. In the year 2016, the Spanish government, which uh, began to have somewhat of a turnaround in uh, their attitude toward the Jewish community, they announced the development that Spain was considering issuing passports to descendants of Jews that were exiled in 1492 as a way of... uh, sort of reparation, like the, what the German government did to, to pay war reparations, wieder, good machen, you know, try to make things uh, good again. And one of the rabbis, uh, Rabbi Shlomo Aviner, who is a religious Zionist rabbi, and he came out with a proclamation that he forbids, it's forbidden for Israelis to obtain a passport as, uh, and that this gesture is just a political ruse to make up for the expulsion of Jews. What? They're going to kick out 200,000 Jews. They're going to burn people at the stake. They're going to burn people in the Inquisition, uh, led by Thomas de Torquemada. And any Jew who, would, who was suspected of secretly observing the religion would be burnt. The, the, the smell of burning flesh wafted throughout the country. And then they're going to give some Yidin passports and everything is good. And then, Hakal Machalach, Hakal Sharlach, everything, Enkan, uh, you know, no more Hakpadas. All we need to do is stamp your passport and we, we could barbecue you and then we could give you a passport. No, nobody is allowed to accept such, such a passport. And we know that uh, in recent times the Spanish government offered citizenship to... Uh, to Jews of Spanish descent. Legend has it, and more than legend, uh, soci- sociologists write that something like 80% of Spaniards have today in Spain have Jewish blood. And part of the, part of the resistance of accepting these passports and citizenship is the question is, are Jews even allowed to go back to Spain today? <coughs> and this was first revisited in 1968. 1968, the Franco government uh, granted permission for the repair of an ancient synagogue in Madrid. And it brought to the forefront the question whether Jews are allowed to permanently settle in Spain today. And in uh, the in the Kuntras Hamar and in the Kuntras Hadarom many articles were written whether uh, it was permitted for Jews to go back to Spain in the aftermath of what happened in, uh, in 1492 so let us begin with a scathing <laughs> literally a scathing article written in Hamar Hamar was founded in 1950 it was uh, an old rabbinic American journal founded by, I believe, Rav Meir Amzel. Um, I know my grandfather subscribed to it 
for uh, many years, and uh, I believe I still subscribe to it. Actually, interesting story, let me put it up here, is uh, when I first subscribed to it about 20 years ago, the editor of Hamar, who's the son of Amir Amzal, he, uh, he said, that's very interesting that you're subscribing today because your grandfather just called to cancel subscription. Uh, actually, you know, at a certain point of time, my grandfather didn't have any room in his house anymore for svarim and, and mailings. And, you know, my grandmother said, okay, you know, before we bring new things into the house, we got to figure out what we're doing with what we have. So I, I had just subscribed. Um, actually, I was close with one of the... Uh, one of the frequent writers in Hamar was Rabbi Shlomo Warman, who we're going to quote from in this series of Shurim. And he actually uh, encouraged me to send in uh, articles for the Hamar. And I have to say that the first article I wrote, he personally edited it for me. So this article was written about the uh, rededication of the synagogue in Madrid in 1968. Um, and the article in Hamar was written shortly after in 1969, and it's basically a scathing article about the rabbi who presided over these ceremonies and how inappropriate it was and criticizing the, the clothing that he wore. He, uh, here it writes, Yom Chav Dalad Bekislev, the 24th day of Kislev, which was the day that this synagogue was uh, rededicated will remain a day of shame, embarrassment in the life of the Kehila Beis Yaakov in Madrid, the capital of Spain, and especially the family of that rabbi. If you want, you could see the name of the rabbi over here. I'm not going to say his name. I don't like to, uh, not my derech to criticize, especially in light of the fact that other poskim did allow this. So I'll let you look for yourself what the name of this rabbi was. Harav Harashi the chief rabbi of the Svardik Kehila in London. Um, on that day, this rabbi blasphemed the community of, of Spain and with this rabbi at the lead. Um, for 476 years, Jews looked toward the past of Spanish history and the future with shame, mockery, disparagingly on this cursed blood soaked in Jewish blood, this disgusting and abominable empire who were the first to act treacherously to the Jewish people, they banished us, they burnt us 476 years ago. It was decreed by Ferdinand and Isabel together with the chief uh, inquisitor Turkamada, Yamach Shimam the Zichram, that they decreed that until the end of July, every last Jew, man, woman, child, needs to be banished from the land of Spain, otherwise they would be forcibly uh, baptized. Any Jew who would remain there would be burnt alive. 150,000 out of 600,000 Jews gave up all their possessions, their homes, their belongings, and they went into exile and hunger and thirst with, uh, with their families. The rest converted on the outside. Many tens of thousands of them were caught practicing Judaism secretly and then they were burnt alive. Then this article says, although there is no source or even hint in any sefer that there was a cherem, 
that was ever proclaimed not to return to Spain. It is traditional in the mouth of all Jews throughout all the generations that the Gedolim of that generation made a decree with a Shamta and an Aror that no Jew could ever return to Spain for 400 years. So this already, now you're beginning to see there was some kind of legend, we'll call it, that the Torah sages of that generation decreed that for 400 years, from 1492, I guess that would take us to 1892, Jews would not return to Spain. But the Jews of all generations were more machmer on themselves. And they accepted upon themselves and their descendants never ever to return to Spain. So sort of like the Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershain, where he made the Cherem for, let's say, a thousand years, but it was uh, continued on forever. So this Cherem also spread to all lands, to all generations. And until this day, no Jew would ever have the audacity, no loyal Jew would have the audacity to return to this despicable land. So the, this article in the Hamar says that in the past generation, the, the news spread that by the unlearned Jews that the Cherem was over and there was a small movement to return to Spain. But only a few, what this article calls lowly, despicable individuals had the audacity to return. No kosher Jew went back there. And then during the Holocaust, a few hundred Jews went back to Spain to save their skin and they established the Kehila. But this article says this was not a very prominent or prestigious Kehila. It didn't really have relative chashivos uh, in the eyes of the Jewish community and at large. And no honorable Jew had the, uh, had the gumption to try to establish this as a respectable kehillah. And recently, the Spanish government allowed Jews to, to live there legally. This is again 1968. But they never allowed the building of houses of worship. Can you imagine? Because with their dictator Franco, they still did not forget about their rich history of anti-Semitism. They didn't denounce the Inquisition. It was still not permitted for Jews to officially, legally open up Bate Knesias about the Midrashas. And then there's been some more reform in Spain and it's become more of a democratic society. So Franco gave permission to open up a new shul. Um, and this was one of the Bate Knesias that was still extant from the time of the Inquisition. And it was, uh, it was, sort of converted into a church. And now, even though uh, this article says that Franco is allowing, is making a declaration, um, he says like this, even though, even if Franco would declare that and denounce that the Inquisition was wrong and he's embarrassed by it, Still, would we go and celebrate the opening of a shul on this uh, land soaked in our blood and violate the cherem that was widespread for hundreds of years? Certainly, where the Spanish government is not denouncing the Inquisition and they are not expressing any remorse. So now you're going to rejoice opening up a shul? 
How could this so-called rabbi not be embarrassed, not be afraid to come from London dressed like a priest to, to trample publicly on Jewish blood to, to uh, make it seem that the Jewish people have uh, long forgotten about their travails and the tragedies of the Inquisition, and now we're happy to return. Now, this rabbi's last name was Gain, and this article says, no, 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 he ain't no Gain. Okay, so I'm not telling you his full name, I'm just, you know, telling you what this article in the Hamar uh, writes. Again, I'm not telling you my own opinion. I'm I'm sharing with you what's written in this country's Hamar. But he, uh, this article says this rabbi is showing that he's willing to sell the honor of the Jewish people so that he could get on the front page of a newspaper and stand there with other priests. Um, this rabbi is not a poisek. He didn't ask the Gedolim whether he should do. Uh, how would anybody ever told him that he could flagrantly violate an Easter that is widespread for many hundreds of years. Says this article that there's no doubt that that day that they stood in the shul of the Beis Yaakov shul in Madrid together with thousands of Goyim and unlearned Jews together to, and for all uh, intents and purposes, to publicly mock what happened in the Inquisition. There were tzaddikim, chassidim, children, women were murdered, were burnt at the stake in the auto de fe by the command of the government. And now the government's not expressing remorse, they just want to take pictures in front of a shul. No, can't do it. Again, the reason why I'm bringing out this story is I would like to uh, discuss the subject and in theory and, and in practice as well. Because this article alludes to the fact that there was some kind of official cheirem for 400 years not to return to Spain, and it was voluntarily accepted by late, later generations permanently. And the, this uh, article says it was, been, it was accepted by all of Israel, and therefore no Besdin could annul it later on. So I want to talk about whether in fact it is permitted to visit Spain today, is it permitted to live in Spain today, and what was the practice of various G'dayle Yisrael? So the first thing I want to bring to your attention is, a cherem, is that does it have the status of a dinda iraisa or a dinda rabbanan? Because this is something where it's sort of speculated there was a cherem. So it's not a definitive cherem, it's something like a suffix cherem. So is a suffix cherem a suffix da iraisa or a suffix da rabbanan? Now, if it would be a suffix da iraisa, we would have to be machmer. If it would be a suffix da rabbanan, you could be lenient. But you could still say, okay, you could be lenient. That's if you need to go to Spain. There, the, the world is big enough that you could go to New Jersey on vacation. Why do you have to go to a place where you're getting involved in uh, possible prohibitions? So the Rajba writes in the Chuvas, in Simon Tav Kov Tzadi Aleph, there's a question regarding drinking a certain wine, whether the wine was prohibited or not. Does that have the status of a suffix or a suffix 
To which the Rajva responds, Da, kizu sveka doiraisahu. A cherem has a din of doiraisa. Da osor laver ala cherem dvar toira. It is prohibited to violate a cherem. Midoiraisa, kibachol hamakoimois hergilu loimar. Majbian onu umachrimin. Viesh kan shvua. Gam ki oror yeshboi im shvua. Kidisa bashili shvua saidos. So basically, the Rajva says that if you're Masufik about a cherem, it has the status of a Sufik da'iraisa. So just to say, well, you know, we don't have any definitive uh, record of such a cherem, so let's be lenient. Not so simple, this might have the status of a Sufik da'iraisa. In the Sefer Ner HaMa'ariv, which is uh, biographical information written by Rabbi Yaakov Moshe Tolidano. This is biographical information of the Jews of Morocco. So I'm sure you've heard the name Tolidano. Do you know where the name Tolidano comes from? Tolidano is a classic Jewish Sephardic name. Tolidano is a compound word. It means Toledo, no. Tolidano, Toledo, no. Meaning, we ain't ever going back to Toledo. We ain't ever going back to Toledo. By the way, there's um, there's a machlekes. Why is Toledo called Holy Toledo? You ever hear the expression, Holy Toledo? Now, where does that come from? So some say because there are more churches per capita in Toledo than anywhere else in the world. Um... And others say Toledo is a Lashon Sagi Nahar. In Toledo, Iowa, there are more bars per capita than anywhere else in the world. So in other words, holy Toledo, meaning, yeah, that place is anything but holy. That's probably the real meaning of holy Toledo. Anyway, and now you know what it means when they say holy father and all that stuff. Okay, so, um, Ner Hamarav, um, he brings Achina Vaisenu Siprulano Kimibne Shabne Hamishbacha Hazois Gazru Khirem Al Atzmam Livli Shuv Lisfarad Karulahemeyaz Talida no Kalaimar Talido Loi Bisfafa Hasfardis. That's the source of the name Tolido. So the question was brought to the Tsutzaliazar. Is it permitted to live in Sfard? Is it permitted to live in Spain? So, the Tzitzeliezer, Rebelezer, Yehuda Waldenberg. This question was raised on Hei Shvat, Tavshin Yud Aleph, 1951. Basically, I got your letter. And I was very happy to hear about your welfare. And now I'm going to address your question regarding, you wanted to know whether a Jew is allowed to travel to Spain on business or to live there. Could he go after the Cherem and the Shvua that those who were exiled swore when they were exiled by the uh, Spanish sovereignty? Now, that which you write so definitively about this Cherem, it is assured that this is just hearsay, but it's hearsay from reports that have never stopped 
It's been basically a legend that has been passed on for generation to generation. Because you could say on the other hand, even though it's uh, pretty well established in the uh, Jewish people, you know, we don't go back to Spain. On the other hand, do we find in any Sefer that there was such a Chirim? And the sages have investigated and searched what is the source of this Chirim? And they have not been able to discover anything. Even the great Jewish historians who write every single detail of what transpired, they don't write anything. The Abarbanel in his Hakdamos, his various Svarim, he talks about his travails, he talks about leaving his homeland. You would have, And he tells us every detail about what happened, you would have expected him to record. And when we left, we left in such anger and disappointment that we took a Shvua, we would never return. No, he doesn't mention anything like that. In all the famous Jewish historical works, Shevet Yehuda, Seder Hadoirais, Sefer Yuchsin, Shalshel HaKabbalah, that don't skip one detail. Says the Tzitzel I asked Jewish historians. They weren't able to answer me what the source is. So therefore the Tzitzel says that at first glance, to be Mavarer from the Paiskim, what would the Din be on such a case if you don't know about a cherem, was there ever a cherem? Meaning, was this just like a consensus? Jews don't go back there. In other words, like this. Jews used to live in Harlem, right? But now, Jews don't go back to Harlem. Now, is it is there a cherem to live in Harlem? There's no cherem. We don't need a cherem. You know, there's certain East New York. Do we need a cherem? You know... Your, your kid who came back from the mirror yeshiva, he just got married. He came out of the freezer, he got engaged, he got married. Now he's thinking, should I go to Lakewood? Should I go to Yerushalayim? Or should I go to East New York? No, you can't go to East New York, there's a cherem. You don't need a cherem to tell him he shouldn't start his new family in East New York. Um, no, there's a cherem not to live in bed Come on. You know, so, was it just a thing? You don't go back to Spain. You know, let's say a Jew escaped Auschwitz. So he's in the forest and his friend says, you know, you shouldn't go back to Auschwitz. We, we made a cherem not to go back there. You know, you know, they didn't need to make a cherem to say not to sneak back into the concentration camp. So do you need to, maybe it was just something Jews didn't do. Or maybe there was, in fact, some kind of halachic process that took place. And was this decreed on their children? Did they say it should be incumbent upon us and Asher Enenupai? And does that mean if they said that it should be on even those who are not there, maybe only those who are alive at the time, but not in other generations? So the Shalsu Chuvas Mayim Chaim, Mayim Rabim, and Yaradea, and the Noid Bihuda, um, Discuss this, meaning about a similar scenario. And another question is, when they made this cherem, if they did, did they say nobody could be it, Or did they make it until a certain time? And do we know why they made the cherem? Did they make the cherem because there's an inquisition? And if the inquisition ever stopped, they, then it's battle? So maybe the reason for the cherem is no longer applicable. And maybe, 
you know, the, the government in Spain today is not the uh, is not the same government as Ferdinand and Torquemada. And if you're going to say that there was a cherem, there have been many countries that have been just as bad or even worse than Spain. What about Germany? Who, what they did to us was worse than what they did in Spain. So then what? Then, is there a cherem to not to go to Germany? So there are many, many sveikos, the svek sveikos, regarding this question. To the point, this says it's Yazer, that if somebody wanted to move to Spain, they could say, you know, peace unto me. I don't know anything about any haskama or cherem. And who says they ever made a cherem? And if they did, who says they made it on their children? And if they did, maybe only on the children who are alive. And maybe only for a certain number of years. And maybe only under certain conditions. So at first glance, it says, says, this is a non-issue. You're gonna, there are too many possibilities that it's not really applicable anymore to say that this is something we have to reckon with. However, says the Tzitzel upon further analysis, I'm actually very concerned for what we call Minhag Yisrael Torah. A custom of the Jewish people has the status of law. And that which the people say is like what we call Koel Hamoin, Kekol Shakai. And it's very widespread. This legend that the Golei Sfarad made a Haskama. And generation after generation, they were concerned about. So we should say about this scenario, the following principle, Hanach Lohen Yisrael, Emeinam Neviyam, B'nei Neviyam Hain. And it cannot, you can't matter easily to someone who asks, can they move to Spain permanently? Especially, so it sounds like to visit, there is more room to be lenient, but to move there, especially if the uh, petitioner is a Sfardi, who is a descendant of the Goyle Sfarad. Now, I, at this point, I'm going to add that there are many, many Ashkenazim who are descendants of the Goyle Sfarad. Even um, the the town in Poland that my grandfather comes from, the town of Lynchitz, which was Irva in Israel, the town of Lynchitz, the Malbim uh, spent time in Lynchitz, the Kliakar was a Rav in Lynchitz, the original settlers of the city of Lynchitz, perhaps in the 17th century, were from uh, Spain. The Arach HaShulchan, whose last name is Epstein, and he's a Levi, his son writes in the Makar Baruch that they have a tradition that originally their family name was Beneveste from Spain. And ultimately they came to Lithuania. So it's not only those of who are Sephardim who are of Spanish descent, but many, 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 many Ashkenazim, whether you come from Poland or you come from Russia or Lithuania, you also may have Spanish descent. But the the um, significance of this cherem would be more incumbent of those of Spanish descent. Because from the sealing of the Talmud, Bezdin um, of one Medina 
cannot be goyser on another Medina, or cannot undo it. So says the Tzitzel when I asked the Rishon Lutzion, Harav HaRashil Yisrael, Reben Sion Uziel, if he knows of any source of the Haskama, of the Cherem, not to return to Spain, the Rav Uziel said, no, there is no source. However, he did say, it is Mekubal, Ishmi Piyish, that the Svardim are Makpidim, from way back when, to be careful not to violate the Haskama. And he said, that even though there are some Jewish Svardim that live in Spain, um, however, whenever these Jews make a request, please send us Rabbanim, send us clergy, Moilim, Shoichtim. No rabbi ever wants to go there. They're never, their requests are never acceded to. And Rav Uziel said, that um, that sort of fortified the notion that there is some kind of significant stance not to return. Furthermore, says the Tzitzel he was reading the historical work Ner Hamarav of the Jews of Morocco, of Rav Tolidano, the uh, uh, who writes that uh, the source of his family name Tolidano is Toledo. No, again that also seems to indicate that there was some kind of unspoken consensus not to return to the land of Spain. So while at first glance the Tzitzel thought, you know, who says there was ever a formal Hess game, and even if there was, maybe it was not on their children, and even if it was, maybe it was only on children who were born, and even if it was on future children, maybe it was only for a certain number of years, and maybe only for certain conditions, Nevertheless, upon further analysis, the Tzitzel says, if there is a, a attitude in the Jewish people not to return there, that has a certain standing. And especially um, when he asked the chief rabbi, who said, yes, there is definitely some kind of, uh, it is frowned upon to return to Spain and to live there. And from the fact that the name Tolidano is sourced in the commitment not to return, the Tzitzel is hesitant to give a blanket heter just to go back and live in Spain. Um, there's a letter we have from in the Sefer Igrois Hara'iya of the Harav Avram Yitzchak HaKoyen Kuk, who writes, regarding living in Spain, I have not found anything explicit if there was a cherem or a shvua, and it, they probably were not more machmer than in living in Egypt, which in Egypt, it's only usher to live there permanently, but you're allowed to do business in Egypt, so the same way you're allowed to do business in Egypt, you'd be allowed to go temporarily to uh, live in Uh, you'd be allowed to go to Spain to do business. Now it's interesting, Rabbi Isai, there, uh, one of the lenient opinions, and we'll see, I think we'll see this next week, was the Mincha Salazar. The Munkacha Rebbe was lenient to go back and to return to Spain. I want to share with you 
the, the letter of uh, Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac Halevi Herzog, uh, the first chief rabbi of Israel. He writes in the Sefer Psakim Uksavim of uh, Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac Halevi Herzog, Hechal Yitzchak, in Simon Kuf Yud. He brings Sholem Ubracha. It was dated 6th of July, 1954. He says, um, I did not express anything formally in writing regarding the Cherem. I did say orally, there is no reliable source that there was a cherem made by the Torah giants. Meaning, in the Rav Herzog's opinion, this was something of folklore. This was something people said. But this was not, this was not, there's no basis that any great Gedolim made uh, a cherem. And therefore, in his chashev im Basically, don't pay attention to the rumors. And Rav Herzog says something very interesting. Even if there was a cherem, it would be possible for us to nullify it. Why? Because the variables and the circumstances are, are too different today. It's not the same Spain today as in the time of the Inquisition. Today, in your land, there's democracy, there's equality. Um, we know that, by the way, the king of Spain was uh, actually, um, after Franco, was King Juan Carlos, who is a very wise and educated and sagacious king. In fact, um, Rabbi Vadi Yosef, very much valued the wisdom of King Juan Carlos. And King Juan Carlos invited Rabbi Vadya Yosef to his palace. And Rabbi Vadya uh, went to his palace. And Rabbi Vadya, as recorded in Shiure Rishon Lezion, Rabbi Vadya held that two blessings have to be made on Juan Carlos. Blessing number one is Shecholak Mikvoidai Um, and Rabbi Vadya was not sure if he should make two blessings or one, and he passed that he would include both blessings in one. He said, And uh, next week I'll tell you more about what transpired and that historic meeting between King Juan Carlos and Rav Avadi Yosef. But Rav Herzog says, today in your community there's equality and um, everyone is given the freedom to practice their religion. And regarding Spain today, we don't have in our hearts only kavod, v'ahada, v'anu metzam shekein t'sayachsi klapei medina t'sisrael she'yad Hashem Basically, Rav Herzog says there's no basis that there ever was a cherem, and even if there is a cherem, it is a cherem that we are allowed to be mater. Um, let's see. Um, 
I want to show you. And we'll end with it this week. Um, that there was some basis, that uh, official basis, that Jews did not return to Spain. Rev, um, Rabbi Bleich, in his uh, Contemporary Halachic Problems, Volume 1, he, bra- he brings from Rabbi Tovia Preshel um, in an article which appeared in an Israeli newspaper in Hamodia in, in uh, 1954. He says, And the archives of the Sephardic community of Hamburg contains a document indicating that in 1658 the community adopted a regulation which provided that whoever visits Spain or Portugal may not be called to the Torah or honored with any mitzvah for two years. So it's not that there was a cherem, it's just you couldn't get an aliyah for two years, which is in most shuls not, not really longer than how long it takes between the, the aliyahs that they, that they could give out. So, but anyway, they, they did forbid somebody to go, and if, if somebody went, you couldn't get an aliyah for two years. Professor Cecil Roth, The Jewish Life, 5717, cites religious sanctions imposed upon visitors to Spain and Portugal. These sanctions were incorporated in the regulations of the Society for Dowering the Brides. Promulgated in Leghorn, 1727. You know, you wanted to get a shidduch for, you, you know, Spain was not a good place to travel to. In 1785, similar sanctions were included in the Haskamois of uh, one of the shuls in London. And uh, Ross says such sanctions were based on earlier regulations of uh, Amsterdam and Venice. Which, by the way, it could have been for safety reasons. They forbid people going back to Spain. And people thought, yeah, they would go back and for a short while they would practice religion secretly. They were really endangering their life. Um, in 1978, Rabbi Vadi Yosef was invited from the heads of the Kila in Spain to visit and to inaugurate the, um, the, base, uh, the first Jewish school in Madrid. And Rebavadia then had to look into the question whether, uh, in fact, there are any, there's any basis to the report that when the Jews were exiled in 1492, they took some kind of shvu and cherem not to return. And Rebavadia says, you know, you, we, there's a lot to be misupic about. Even if there was a cherem, maybe they, maybe they were only geyser on themselves, not on their children. Maybe their only guys are on living there permanently, not on returning there. Maybe they're, you know, you're allowed to tour there. And Rav Avadi quotes Rav Cook. He says that there, there's no explicit source that there was a Cher Meshvua. And they weren't Machmer more than living in Mitzrayim, which is only also Keva. Um... And the Rebbe Vadya says, even though uh, Rev Toledano says that the etymology of his name was Toledo, no, nevertheless, we see that after him, many, many great kilos were established in Spain, in Madrid, Barcelona, and they lived there permanently, and nobody says anything. Rebbe Nuzio was asked if he knows of any source, and he responded, no, there's no source, but he knows that it's Mikubal Ishmi Piyish, that's Sfardim Armakbin not to go there.
And uh, Be'ezus Hashem, next week, where I'm going to show you uh, a few poskim that are machmer, and um, the opinion of the Mincha Salazar, and the conclusion of uh, Rabbi Vadya Yosef. But uh, until then, we see that whether in fact there was a Cherem or not, the land of Spain was considered the, you know, the uh, accursed, treacherous land of Jewish blood. I have a feeling that part of what cured the Jewish people's attitude to Spain was the Holocaust uh, had a, a very uh, pa- compelling way to make us forget about what happened in 40, 1492 and to focus on more recent and more acute uh, disaster that happened to the Jewish people. So the, the Holocaust may have had an effect on how we uh, look back and view uh, Spain historically. Okay, we're going to hold it over here. We'll Bezos Hashem uh, pick it up next week. Have a wonderful day. Bracha v'atzlacha. Kol Thank you. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Have a good day, everyone. Kol Tov. Yeah, there's uh there is there are some sources that indicate that there might be a cherem to go to Germany as well. Yeah, so now the question is, okay, you know, Germany were the perpetrators, but where did they where did they commit their crimes? It was more they did in Poland, you know? And they gathered Jews literally from uh, everywhere, from France, from Hungary, from Austria.